Bruce Newberry. The food dude. We are here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. Welcome to Liberty Hill Farm in Rochester, Vermont, the home of the Kinnett family. It is a Cabot farm and a Vermont farm vacation and 150 or so of the finest Holsteins, some of whom you can hear, help in creating the Cabot Cheddar. And uh, we're here for Cabot today, visiting here with this family that has been at it for many years, but this farm has been at it for many, many years before that, as you'll hear. So here we are on the front porch of uh, Liberty Hill Farm. The little ones are mooing across the way from us, and we're sitting here with Beth Kinnett. It is a little bit of a cloudy day, but you know what? Nobody's spirits are dampened here. Not at all. Uh, we have several families here to enjoy being on the farm, and rain doesn't matter. Yeah, and the cows have to be milked every single day, that's regardless it. of the weather. So doesn't that's matter. That's it. That's, uh, that's the, the constant, and it's lovely to be here. And you are well-known, Beth, you and, the, and, and uh, your husband and your family and the Liberty Hill Farm, so well-known for agritourism. Were you the one that started this? <laughs> it goes way, way back. So the farm was settled in 1780 by John Emerson, moving up from Uxbridge, Massachusetts. And he and four other guys worked on clearing the land. His grandson was born and raised here on Liberty Hill was Dr. Charles Wesley Emerson who founded Emerson College in Boston. So your Boston audience will know Emerson College quite well and Dr. Emerson came up from the Boston area and finished building our old barn in 1889 and he would invite his friends to come up from Cambridge to come to the farm. So this farm has been hosting guests from Boston, Rhode Island, and wherever for well over 150 years. It's really fun. That's amazing. And you just came across some diaries of would have been would it yes. have been the person that that acquired the farm so, from Dr. Emerson? Well, actually, Dr. Emerson and his wife are featured in these diaries significantly. I see. So Lula wrote the diaries that we recently found and they mentioned Dr. Emerson and his wife coming up or coming back from their trip to Europe or whatever and they had them for dinner on a regular basis. This farm was Dr. Emerson's grandpa's farm. And so we are only the fifth family to have lived here since 1780. Is that amazing? It's incredible. It's really incredible. And it's incredible to have that kind of history and connection. It, it's really, really cool. And so, so the, the, the agritourism thing is, you know, it all depends on how you want to frame it. So, you know, yes, people say that I, we started taking in guests in 1984. So we bought the farm in 79. We've been farming, milking cows here for 42 years as members of the Cabot Creamery Cooperative. We've had guests here since February of 1984, so 37 years of hosting people at our dinner table. But it's really fun to read these diaries of how Lula was hosting people at the table 100 years ago. 
That's amazing. Now, the guests 100 years ago, did they get into the farm experience the way that your guests do today? I think they were busy playing bridge and anagrams and, you know, talking about whatever trip they'd gone on. And the the interesting piece of that is that the railroad came from Boston right to Rochester, Vermont. And there was a roundhouse where the train could turn around and head back to Boston. And Dr. Emerson had his own little whistle stop right here on Liberty Hill Road. So in the diaries, they would jump on the train and head down to the theater or to the opera or go to a concert on a very regular basis. Is that right? an amazing social life. And so when they came back here at the farm, they would have dinner parties all the time. They would have speakers that came in to the living room and give a talk about women's voting and oh things my. like that. Oh, yes. It was a happening Isn't place. that amazing? Now, would that have been because Dr. Emerson was involved in academia, so he was kind of a a forward yes. thinker? I, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, he I mean, certainly Intellectual, had, to be sure. He certainly had professors there at the college that he would bring up to the farm in Vermont. Right. So I think it's fun that folks from away still want to come to the farm in Vermont. <laughs> well, this is just a piece of paradise right here. I mean, you could not ask for a more... Uh, picturesque setting. I mean, anything that you can imagine, listening to uh, Beth and I talk here, if you can imagine how this place looks, that's how it looks. (laughs) Rolling hills and uh, the the green fields and just uh, nature everywhere and uh, the connection between nature and what we grow or what is grown and what we eat. Really, we live in a beautiful place right in the middle of the Green Mountain National Forest with the Green Mountains all around us and right on the White River. And we feel it's a real honor and a privilege to be able to care for the land and the water and our cows and have those cows be happy and healthy, making great milk for our great Cabot products. It's really amazing to be surrounded by such beauty while you're working hard to produce food to feed people. I have to believe, I'll take a leap here and believe that you and your husband and your family have not worked a day, (laughs) felt like you've worked a day since you bought this farm. It is a labor of love, absolutely. Yeah, we, as I said, we bought it in March of 1979, Bob and I and our son David uh, farms here with us with his wife Asha and their four children. And the, Bob and David love the cows and Asha and the kids love the farm. And, you know, we love having guests here and being able to share to share our love of the farm and our way of life with folks from from all over so wonderful folks from north carolina and new jersey and rhode island so it that's normal for us <laughs> fantastic so you're you have a house full and that's great and uh, tell me about the experience and how the guests spend time and what a typical stay here might be like So I served dinner in the evening at 6 o'clock, as well as a full breakfast in the morning. And this morning, the family from North Carolina with their four kids had our Cabot yogurt, and they fell in love with it. Nice. Yeah, it was really fun. So now they're down in the barn trying their hand at milking a cow. (laughs) And there's baby calves being fed. And so they have to feed the bottle to the baby calves. They're trying their hand at milking a cow. And they've already fallen in love with the Cabot yogurt at the breakfast table. So, hey... It's all good. It is all good for sure. How many head do you have here? What is the herd like? We milk 100 cows every day, and then we have an additional about 20, another 
20 mature cows, so 120 mature cows, and then we have another 150 young ones, ranging in age from there were three baby calves across the way that you can hear um, mooing that were born this week. This so, week? Yes. Oh my gosh, now are those the ones, I see yeah, a couple so that are, are a little unsteady can, over there. You can see Sawyer feeding a bottle to a baby calf right there on the end. It's a giant baby bottle. And he's yes. feeding this yes. this so, giant yep. <laughs> baby. So he's giving that baby a good quart of milk this morning. And That's, that baby was born uh, probably maybe 36 hours ago. That is unbelievable. Isn't that amazing? It looks like her uh, nursery mate is coming around saying, where's mine? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. How often do the babies have to be fed? They're fed twice a day, every day, um, and we check on them regularly throughout the day. So each of the babies has their own little space with their crib and playpen. They can jump in and out and get fresh air and sunshine, and they have a little bedding inside there to keep them warm and dry. And then at what point will they move and join the, the, the herd? The herd? The milking when herd. When they're two years old and have their first calf. We're here at Liberty Hill Farm in Rochester, Vermont, in the heart of the Green Mountains. Food dude, Bruce Newberry. You know what time it is. It's the best time of the year, the sizzling season. Get that grill going, get the cookout started, and in southern New England, cookouts mean gas bars, linguisa, and churis, available at all major supermarkets. The Portuguese sausage that's been invited to the better cookouts for years. Gas bars is great on the grill. Those lean cuts of quality meats, the authentic spices, made according to the same gas bars recipe for all of those years it's just great on the grill slice the traditional sausage in half lengthwise get it going on a good hot grill or try the linguisa dogs or spicy should ease and don't even think of having a clam bake or clam boil without gas bars gas bars a real portuguese sausage invited to cookouts clam bakes clam boils all around this area for longer than anybody can remember available at all major supermarkets and in southern new england cookouts mean gas bars it's the portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy enjoy get sizzling this summer with gas bars we're here at liberty hill farm in rochester vermont in the heart of the green mountains a cabot farm trail farm the place where you can have a vermont farm vacation and we're visiting with beth kennett so it's a whole progression life cycle of you know babies are born and then they we feed them bottles and feed them milk for the first couple of months and then we wean them onto water and so they're eating solid food so it's just like just like people and they move into uh, another barn where they're in a group of six it's like going off to preschool <laughs> and then they keep moving from barn to barn depending on their age and stage of life so and then when they're two they have their first calf and go to work I, that's it making Good. milk for cabbage cheddar making milk for the the cabbage cheddar and we've been talking about the cabbage cheddar at dave's marketplace for the past couple of weeks and so we're kind of doing uh, the full circle here so is this a particular uh, type of cow that gives the milk that is especially good for making cabbage cheddar so we have registered Holsteins. So Holsteins are just a particular breed of cow. Within our Cabot Creamery Cooperative, there's other farmers that have Jersey cows, uh, Guernseys, Ayrshires. So we have Holsteins. Um, Bob and David are really proud of their Holstein pedigrees. And we raise uh, all the calves, including the males, and sell the males as breeding bulls to other farms throughout all of New England and upstate New York. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Bob and David took a bull down to Rhode Island. 
to a farmer down there. So, oh, no kidding. Yeah, it, who is a member of the Cabot Creamery Cooperative. So, you know, we're all connected. We're all family. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the this about the Holstein breed and where your Holsteins fit into this. Is do, does the breed? Can you trace the the genealogy back to the original farmer? Yeah. So, <laughs> so the short answer is yes. Um, the Holstein breed came from the area between Germany and the Netherlands, Holstein Friesland, and they're considered Holstein Friesians. Um, the Holstein Association is actually headquartered in Brattleboro, Vermont, and that's the international headquarters. And they have the records dating the cows all the way back to the 1800s when they came over from Europe. Our son David is... Um, really quite adept at cow genealogy and we have traced our herd to a cow named Pearl in the 1950s that came from the Dunlogan herd that was in Ellicott City, Maryland. Uh, very famous herd. Uh, the, the Dunlogan herd was a gentleman who had been a timber baron and then he was Dunlogging gotcha. and created a dairy farm. And he, in the 1920s and 30s, went around and selected premium cows and put together this herd. And Pearl managed to come here to Rochester, Vermont, and she was the cow that is the you know maternal like the, the great 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 grandmother. Our right? herd, and she was here in Rochester in the 1950s. But she, her genealogy goes back to the Dunlogan herd from the 1920s. And David has researched it back to to the 1800s. If you ask my son David about any cow in the barn, he can tell you who she's related to and how her production and her body conformation classification score. So kind of beauty, production, genealogy, he's the master of all that. It's pretty amazing. And what a, how reassuring is that and, and what great confidence us on the other side of the table and outside the barn have in knowing that the Cabot products come from a, a, a lineage that can be traced back this this far and with this care. That's really something. I had no idea M of that. Most, and if you think about the fact that a cow has her first calf when she's two, there, um, <laughs> the number of, you know, Yes. Yes. Yeah. It really multiplies really, 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 really fast. It really does. And and most people don't know their own genealogy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah. it's great to know that what we're eating and yeah. <laughs> it comes from uh, such a, a line that can be traced yeah. like this and very careful and it's an amazing thing. So how much acreage do you all have here? Well, we own a couple hundred acres, and then we rent additional acreage up and down the valley. So there's a number of people who are not farming, but they want their land to stay open uh, for the diversity for wildlife. Uh, what's really fascinating is land that we rent and use and, and crop feed a lot of wildlife. We have bear, we have deer, we have turkeys, we have raccoon. There's a whole family of beaver under the bridge that you just came across. Really? When you came down Liberty Hill Road, you came across the bridge. And my guests last night walked out to see the beaver family swimming under the bridge. Is that right? Yeah, it's really cool. What an experience. It's amazing. So this would be just such an amazing place to come and visit and spend some time and uh, just get into this 
farm experience. Uh, you must have you must have people that come back here year after year. We do. We have families that come back uh, year after year. I was just talking about a family from New Jersey that have come for 27 years. We have a family that has come since 1984. Wow. So we have multiple families that four generations of their family have come to visit the farm. Amazing. And we Amazing. have families that come multiple times a year. It's really because every season has its own uniqueness. So some people like to come in the winter to go skiing. Some people come for fall foliage. You know, summer, of course, is beautiful in Vermont. But in the spring, we have maple sugarings. Yes. We have several sugar makers. You know, people ask if we're open year-round. Well, we have to milk the cows year-round. That's right. Exactly. Cows so don't go on vacation. Cows don't go on vacation. They have to be milked every single day to make that milk for cabbage cheddar. So <laughs> there you <laughs> <We're> go. <here. laughs> now, do you have different lengths of stays? How long do people generally stay? Most people stay anywhere from three to ten days. You know, a lot of people can only do a weekend, but uh, but a lot of people like to come and really use us as the the hub their home while they explore around vermont because we're right in the center of the state it's really easy to go different places and do different things from here whether you're an outdoor recreationist or you just want to go shopping and see the art galleries and all that so it's you know completely up to you what you want to do and some people just want to be here on the farm and you know check out the tractor right yeah (laughs) And, and it's it's that experience do you have different levels of experience No, not really. I mean, everybody Everybody decides for themselves. How can we find out more about Liberty Hill Farm? Well, actually, you can go on the cabbagecheese.coop website, and we have a new web page that we just launched in the last few weeks, the Cabot Farm Trail. So if you go on the Cabot Farm Trail, you'll see farms from throughout the entire cooperative that are welcoming people to come and visit their farms. And Liberty Hill Farm is listed on that cabotcheese.com or cabotcheese.coop. And then look for the Cabot Farm Trail and you'll find Liberty Hill Farm, our farm stays posted there as well as the tours that my daughter-in-law Asha does. And you'll find other farms in Rhode Island and in, in the Massachusetts and throughout the entire region of the co-op. It's really great. It's a fun web page to go visit and find farms near you that you can visit as well as you're always welcome here at Liberty Hill Farm. And I can't tell you how delightful it is to come and meet you and uh, to spend some time here with you here at Liberty Hill Farm. I can't imagine uh, having this experience any other way but in person. And uh, it is just, just a delight. So great to meet you. All the best to you and Bob and the family. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bruce. Great to meet you as well. And and best wishes to all of your audience. Please eat cabbage cheddar. <laughs> nice to be here in the Wayberry Inn with Chef Adam. Hey, Chef Adam. How's it going? And we have a wonderful way for everybody to spend Sunday mornings. You are going to love our Sunday brunch at the Wayberry Inn. Sunday brunch, Sunday breakfast is always something very, very special. So what are the hours? So we're going to be starting at 9 a.m. to noon. All seated and plated, right? Seated, plated, meet you and greet you and yeah. get you coffee. And, and you're going to be 
be pampered and treated so well. And then you have a choice of favorites. Maybe you'll have the same thing and become a regular, or maybe you'll just try something different. And there are plenty of items on this menu from which to choose. From the chef's point of view, what are you looking forward to fixing for us on the Sunday brunch? We have a smoked salmon benedict, which I believe will be a very popular item. And that's just a nicely smoked salmon. And that's going to be put on an English muffin, hollandaise sauce with a nice little fresh dill garnish. Mm, nice. And there are a couple of different benedicts. Yep. We also are going to be doing a crab benedict. Oh, tell be... me about that with a crab cake? Yep. We're going to be putting a crab cake on the plate with a poached egg and topped with hollandaise sauce with nice. a little asparagus. And then for those who like the classic, we have the classic eggs benedict. Yep. Can't go wrong with a classic Eggs Benedict. Maple Metal Farm Eggs, cook the way you like them. Get a choice of ham, bacon, or sausage. And all of these also come with uh, potatoes. Yes, yes, the wonderful uh, breakfast potatoes. Sunday brunch at the Wayberry Inn. Benedicts are just the beginning. If you like French toast, and this is what I'm kind of partial to, Adam, I have to tell you, the stuffed French toast. Stuffed French toast is a very unique thing we do here. Not many places do French toast like we do French toast. Tell me about it. A nicely cut baguette, and that's being stuffed with cream cheese and with uh, fresh berries, and that's going to get battered and put onto the flat top and cooked off very nicely, and it will come with uh, maple syrup as well. Nice, and you can have your choice of a side. You can have ham, you can have bacon, you can have sausage. I think that's going to be my go-to, although I'm kind of partial to the pancakes too, Chef Adam. Can't go wrong with our buttermilk pancakes. Those are wonderful. I love pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a nice stack. Tell me about pancakes. Well, we could always do blueberry pancakes. Yes. And if anyone's feeling adventurous, we could always get some chocolate chips in there. Yeah. Some dark chocolate chips, some white chocolate chips in there. Of course, we have all of the classics, including the classic country breakfast. Can't go wrong with a classic country breakfast. You know, that's... That's a lot of food. Tell me what's in that. That's a lot of food food, but that's good food. Mm -hmm. Two of our maple middle farm eggs and cook the way you like them. You know, your choice of ham, bacon, and sausage and comes with breakfast potatoes. Nice. And then we have steak and eggs. And if you're someone who likes a breakfast sandwich, we can take care of that too. What's in that Wayberry breakfast sandwich you've had? <laughs> Not many places do it like we do. Mm. It's a staple on our menu. An egg cooked to your liking and that's going to be on an English muffin. It's going to get a little bit of greens on the bottom. Also topped with crispy fried prosciutto. Whoa! The chipotle aioli. Nice! A little kick! It's almost a never-ending brunch menu, so you'll have to come back week after week after week and uh, try your way through it, and uh, we welcome you here every Sunday from 9 until noon for Sunday Brunch at the Wayberry Inn featuring Chef Adam. Can't wait to see everyone. Bring the family, 388-4015, and we look forward to welcoming you every Sunday to brunch here at the Wayberry Inn. In the Dave's Marketplace broadcast, Bistro, you're dining out with Bruce Newberry. Bruce Newberry. The food dude.